Downs. Step back. He's into it. Line drive. End of run. The kick is up and it is. It is. What is going on, everybody? It is Wednesday, September 14th, and that was Jimmy Donovan, provided by WKYC. I'm joined tonight by Andy Finn and Brian Nagel. How are you gentlemen doing this evening? Great. Feels awesome to be back in the uh, goat pen. Yeah, you, you have big shoes to fill as Mark the Bull. Soltisic did a great job last week. How are you feeling? Feeling great. I'm doing good. Glad to be back. Glad yeah. to have Brian back. I don't understand. You guys were so pumped to do this episode. That was just really flat. Now give us some excitement here. Browns 26-24 winners. Week one, first time since 2004. Yes, still very fired up about it. Uh, it feels like I never left this room, though. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, you know, I really like the new TV you put up down here. It looks <laughs> awesome. The new studio and the new arrangement. And uh, just pumped to be back down here. So TV's not up yet. Oh, that's right. It's not up yet. I'm really still. sorry. Uh, the walls are still... <laughs> Bright green. <laughs> I haven't put anything on the walls yet, but guys, loaded episode. I'm not going to do the, this is going to be a short episode thing. It's not. We have the Browns recap and preview. We have another beer review. We have a new segment that we're not going to announce just yet <laughs> because it's just too good. Andy came up with this segment literally 10 minutes ago, and it's now like 8 o'clock at night. And we're just recording, but it's well worth it. We're going to go over the primetime picks College Week 3, UFC 279, and Tribe Guardians. They're making their playoff push. Guys, Week 1 winners for the first time since 2004. We had a great party to open the season up at Around the Corner, our fundraiser that uh, raises money for the kids. This back-to-school thing where people bring in uh, school supplies and raise a bunch of money for them and for the the, the uh tailgate as well if we could just mention the charity shoes and clothes for kids we've worked with them a couple times now with our fundraiser so i uh, appreciate them you know allowing us to have a fundraiser and trusting uh you know some a group like us to actually host it and they're great and you know it's another great turnout so yeah, every time i see the bus it's full of tons of stuff like notebooks all the stuff that's requested last year it was too so i know anytime you guys even host this in the media lot i see it full of donated goods oh yeah media lot this sunday we got the jets uh, fantasy football. How'd you guys do this weekend? I did good. I survived. You know, I did the draft on the podcast last week. Josh Allen was worth the uh, first round pick. So I survived week one. And then in our, our league, I uh, had the Monday night miracle from Cortland Sutton to squeak by and get a win. Yeah, I was curious about that team that you drafted last week. So I'm glad to hear that update. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. I, I went two and one and my one loss was uh, part, you know, partially due to Dak Prescott. And uh, Andy's Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, two and one. So I'll take that to start off the season. So only two leagues for me. I won in my own league. The I got the league I um, lost in. I'm sorry, I lost in my own league. But I, I joined a, a league that Omar, listen to the show, he invited me after I got kicked out of the league that I was runner up in last year. Uh, I don't know why that happened still to this day. However, some cool news about this week, uh, you guys. I won last week, and I'm playing Usain Bolt in real fantasy football this weekend. And uh, he's like a client of Omar's or something like that. And he's like, listen, the bad news is is you're taking over a team that's already drafted. And I looked at him like, okay, it's not too bad, whatever. 
He's like, the good news is you get, you get to play and talk trash with Usain Bolt. And that's amazing. I, yeah. <laughs> Have you used the trash talk function yet? Like, so, so you're I, not as fast as you used to be. Like, get him on the pod. Dude, the, the message is this: is I said something along the lines of, "Hey, man, you're you're in last place, <laughs> and I'm going to keep you in last place." Uh, something along the lines yeah. of, "You're so slow." And so, you're you're work slow on the waiver wire or something. Like. Oh, here it is. Let's go, Usain. I'm going to keep you in. And this is in all caps. Last place. No word yet. Back mean, <laughs> you're just going to get like a picture of his gold medals or something back. And Dude, it's going to be unreal. And if I beat him, like I could talk, say I beat Usain, but he's in last place. He drafts like all Packers and stuff. Uh-huh. Not a good strategy. Pretty cool, though. Bold strategy. Good strategy this weekend, though. Keeping the ball on the ground, trusting Chubb and Hunt. And, you know, a lot was said about this whole, the Baker revenge game and first Jacoby Brissett, who's, he's a backup quarterback, Jacoby, 18 of 34, 147 yards and one touchdown. Baker was Baker, really slow start. And he, he honestly gave the, the Panthers a chance to win at the end of the game, 16 of 27, 235 yards, one touchdown, one interception. However, struggled mightily with the snaps fumbles not to I don't think he had a fumble lost but a lot of snaps dropped and um it kind of killed a lot of plays before before they began yeah he fell on the ball a couple times as much as he wants to say he wasn't nervous about the game you could tell that first drive that there were a lot of nerves going on they went three and out I think it was a negative two or negative five yard drive um after that you saw the same stuff we saw in Cleveland with him getting passes batted down at the line of scrimmage i think we ended with four or five of them there was a lot of a lot of them on those first couple drives so once he settled in though he you know he started hitting his receivers robbie anderson of course was a big chunk of his receiving yards there was a little bit of him running the ball which i never really saw him do with us i know he had a, a rushing touchdown that was in the red zone but you know wide open field for him to run up the middle so you know it's a little bit of a different offense and we didn't get to see uh, a lot of McCaffrey. We kind of contained him a little bit. I know he did have a big screen pass that ended up getting called back. But other than that, you know, the Browns did a good job containing the uh, Panthers' offense. I mean, enough about Baker, all right? He had five carries for six yards. I, I was not. I didn't see anything new from him. I did see the same old thing, fumbling snaps, getting balls batted down, uh, getting sacked, just looking a little bit flustered. But... Back to Brissett, the one thing that we did not mention, I think it's probably the most important stat on the sheet is no interceptions. You're absolutely and, right, man. And uh, I t- took one sack, so he is smart, gets rid of the ball. And uh, there were a couple missed throws there, especially in the first half, overthrew, uh, I think it was Amari Cooper and uh, Kareem Hunt. Um, and then that that throw into double coverage where we got that, that P.I. in the end zone. Risky throw. It, it kind of worked out. I mean, if there was no P.I., he could have contested the catch and, you know, just not a great throw, but to be expected, uh, again, high emotional game. You could see that after the game with how fired up Brissett was, crying and, or, you know, not crying, but, you know, welling up and getting oh, excited. Yeah. So it'll be good to get back home. You know, that, that wins under the belt. And in the NFL, if you win with your backup quarterback, that's, that's, that's amazing. Let's call a timeout here. Let's talk week one. This is really the first time a lot of these guys play, play together. Our offense, the wide the wide receiver room, it was vastly different than it was last year. Um, obviously, brand new quarterback learning the system. You alluded to he he didn't lose us the game. He give he did give us a chance to win and keep us in. He didn't make any of the stupid the stupid plays. Uh, this franchise we've already said it twice since two thousand four has not won a week one game. 
Um, this very much was a losable game towards the end. Uh, good teams in the NFL find a way to win those games on the road. We stressed the last couple weeks how important these first four games are. You hit a lot of check marks here. <laughs> the, the Our rushing versus uh, our offensive rushing versus our, the defensive rushing was amazing. Nick Chubb, 22 carries for 141 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but Kareem Hunt, 11 for 46 with the touchdown. He added another receiving touchdown, holding McCaffrey to 3.3 yards per carry. And only 10 carries really, I think, was... Uh, the feather in the cap for the, the defense. Uh, like you said about Robbie Anderson, just the one grab, uh, nothing really else they put didn't really put together. Well, it, along the, the rushing, you know, we did outrush them 217 to 54 yards for the, the totals for each team. And that's just it's such a huge number. And when you put that with the other two key factors, to the, the recipe we're going to need often and early. For is, 11 weeks. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Is to, to win that rushing battle, to win the turnover battle, which we did, to win the time of possession, which we did 38 minutes to 21. So if we can do those three things and just really, I mean, take care of the ball, give Nick the ball, give him, I mean, 22 carries should be the minimum for him. And, uh, you know, there was a stat I heard a while ago and I couldn't find it. It's something where like, if, if Nick gets the ball 22 times a game, we're like 19 and one or something crazy. Um, just stick to the recipe and, um, you know, sh- should work. It should work. Well, both those guys looked so powerful on the ground. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both were fighting for extra yardage, and that's something we haven't had in running backs in the past. Yeah, Trent Richardson did it a little bit, you know, plowed over guys, Peyton Hillis. But when you got those guys that get two to three extra yards diving forward or continuously moving forward to shrink your line to gain and give you an opportunity of third and short, with a backup quarterback, you can make that happen now, and that's what those guys are putting us in position to do. Now, what you said, Brian, though, Brissett's got to hit those. The, he can't be missing those throws in big games. Amari was running some unbelievable routes, and I go, oh, my God, the separation. Deshaun Watson's not going to miss those guys that wide open. Yeah, and I'm not trying to give him a free pass by any means. I'm trying to temper my expectations with the backup quarterback, and uh, I, I do expect better. Oh, so, of course. So I do expect better, but if we could just focus on, I mean, turnovers, time of possession, running the ball, you know, I think things will take care of themselves. But, yeah, we, we need better quarterback play for sure. Jacoby, so Andy, uh, I mentioned Deshaun Watson once. Uh, your guy, David Njoku, I would like to see a little bit more out of him this weekend. Only the one grab. Now, I was watching him a lot because sure. I, put, I put a prop on him to score a touchdown. He was very effective in blocking. They That's were fine. using him a lot on the runs to open up space for the running backs. Just pay. I was paying attention to him. You know, I wanted to see him out there catching passes, but he was very effective. What was his over under for pancake blocks for the prop bets? Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> I I have bet on tackles before. If you ever bet on someone to get tackles, very fun when you're watching defense. Um, Andy, you you talked about Injoku uh, there, and the tight ends really buying into Stefanski's system a little bit. How about you know let, let's go back a couple weeks here with uh all, everything surrounding Kareem Hunt and this contract situation. Um. The dudes came out and balled out, and now it seems that uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are no longer uh, going to take solo interviews. They're taking dual inter- interviews for the rest of the season. I didn't notice that, but I saw Kareem Hunt a lot on, a lot more on the field. He, he was out as a wide receiver a lot more. If he's getting his snaps, and after Donovan Peoples-Jones, I mean, we got what, like Anthony Schwartz? Schwartz, who had a couple big grabs, but he had an awful preseason. People were calling for his head. The little yeah. end around was kind of cute. He got to the outside and showed a little bit of speed and made a play. Yeah, a big but play. 
one guy we haven't mentioned yet, guys. Our new kicker. 21-year-old Cade York hit the 58-yard field goal, hit another a field goal throughout the game, and the two extra po- four field goals, two extra points. Absolutely perfect. He now owns the franchise uh, leading, leading longest field goal in his first day of work. I'm a bit worried. <laughs> and let me, I'm going to say why. The bar has just been set so incredibly high in a very a, a city with a football problem that turns on guys very, very, very quickly. And they said that Stefanski wanted to ease, <laughs> I'm going to laugh, wanted to ease him in and not ask too much of him and give him, put him in situations where he can kick field goals to have a high percentage for him. You ask him to do this at the end of the game. Put it on his shoulders right away. That thing wasn't just good from 58. That was nailed from 58. That was probably good from 65 plus with how high up that thing hit. And I saw him hit some in preseason too. The kids got a lag on him. They knew what his distance was. This wasn't similar to uh, the way, uh, what was it? (laughs) Denver game ended. Kicking a 65 yarder. Unbelievable. And he and, and the the thing is is he didn't have a good pregame allegedly. I was you took the words out of my mouth, so I, I heard that soundbite and he said he had probably his worst warm up ever, which is not what you want to hear from your kicker. I mean, coaches take that into account too when they're making decisions in the game. Was how was warm ups? Which side of the field was he kicking better on? What's the scenario? And they believed well, we had no choice. We had to kind of boot that. But yeah, his worst warm up ever, which was like I'm glad I didn't know that at the time because I would have just been very concerned. But uh, that thing had. No chance of missing. So, and I, I didn't realize this. We had the worst field goal success percent last season too. So that's if we ever if we have our kicker now and again. I know it's early and the bar is set high, which is a well, how good high problem to have. I, I mean, couldn't be any higher. But that's a confidence <laughs> booster for you. Absolutely, Maybe he's got swag. He's you know got, what you're you know what you're capable of doing now. You know in those high pressure situations that we're not going to call him with Justin Tucker or anything like that. But if you go, all right, man, it's a fifty yarder, like. You got this. A young, we're not holding, a young Justin Tucker. We're not holding our breath. We shouldn't be. We oh, will for a little, oh, a little I bit. Am. I expect everything to go in now. <laughs> if we're inside 60, let's go. <laughs> Guys, grade the performance. The whole team. Week uh, one. Gee, I'd go B minus probably or C plus. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to grade on a curve. I'm not doing it. Go ahead. I think I'm grading on a curve. I'm giving him an A. How? Going on the road, Are, winning. With, as you said, a new quarterback, um, and I'm I'm curving it a little bit. Okay, um, taking everything into account, especially just having that backup quarterback. It's just winning with a backup quarterback is not common. It's not. It's not common, and we got it, and that's all that matters to me. It's a it's a zero sum game, and we won. The defense looked incredible. Miles Garrett. We haven't even said his name yet. Two sacks, three tackle for losses, two quarterback hits, pass defended, and a forced fumble. We didn't get it, but defense looked. Legit, outside of some of the coverage things that were going on, we did have that big blown coverage, another blown coverage play. So we need to tighten some things up there. But the defense looked looked pretty good. You're naming a lot of things that kind of detract from getting an A. I think that's why mine mine sinks down into a B minus. Is one blown coverage is a 75 yard touchdown. NFL seven points is big, and it's one play. And the defense, uh, you know, the offense is coming right back on the field. A minus. Uh, fine. We're undefeated. Whatever. We're undefeated. I'm ecstatic, guys. Uh, I, I said it already. Week one win on the road. Backup quarterback. Tough. Uh, I think the defense tired out there a little bit at the end. We give up 17 in the fourth quarter, I believe. 
Um, that's not good enough. Uh, Cade York, absolute miracle of a kick. We mentioned the bad pregame. I, I don't get it. The kid's 21 years old. He's had some big kicks in his life. The confidence is very, very high. Like this, once again, just kind of see it pan out for him nicely. Some more makeable kicks uh, coming home. I, the weather looks absolutely gorgeous this weekend. We're playing the Jets 1 o'clock, 6.5 point favorites. Guys, the Jets were big-time losers this past weekend, 24-9 against the Ravens. The Ravens really, I mean, it was never a game. Um, pretty big favorite for us. I think this is the most points we're going to be favored this season at home, especially. Uh, I don't know how I want to touch this game. I don't, I know I'm going to get killed for this. I kind of want to take the Jets plus 6.5 and, and just see us, win, see us win. I'm really scared of a, a letdown Week 2 game at home. Um I think I understand the Jets are playing with two new tackles or something like that, or they're both their tackles are hurt or something along those lines. Uh, they are going to start Joe Flacco. <laughs> that was announced today. Um, I mean, if Joe Flacco beats us on the road, I I want to like just I, I don't know, beat, punch myself in the face and walk out. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like Joe Flacco's familiar with playing here. Like he's played in Cleveland a bunch throughout his career. They do have two good young running backs. If we're able to contain Brees Hall and Michael Carter, they they're in trouble. They're they're in massive trouble. Yeah, which I think we we should be able to with the weakness of the Jets O line. Joe Flacco isn't the Joe Flacco that was beating us, you know, in previous years. He's aged a little bit. He's playing on the New York Jets. I think he's going to get beat up a bunch. Their wide receiving core is what rookies. Garrett Wilson. I really don't think they have much much offense to look forward to on the Jets side. Does the six and a half scare me? Because it's you know there's a lot of energy, a lot of emotion with the potential to go two and zero to start the season, and you're at home. I'd be worried about the Jets doing stupid stuff and somehow covering this game. Yeah, but the Browns winning. Well, it's been a long time since the Browns have been two and zero, so I'm not sure yeah. if you guys have the answer off the top of your head. But uh, 1993 was the last time we were two and zero, so uh, I wanted to say that and just get it out of the way, <laughs> get it out of the way now, and hopefully. Break that streak, the uh, 29-year streak. Um, but, yeah, the Jets, I mean, as you said, their their offensive line is pretty subpar. They do have the two good corners out there. DJ Reed had a nice little interception last week. He'll go up and get that ball. If you float one up there in double coverage, he'll go snag it. You got Sauce out there. That's um, right. He had a great game. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, suspect safety play from them. But I believe Jordan Whitehead is questionable with, with an ankle. And I, I thought I heard on the way here he was out. And when I looked up, it said questionable still. But if he's out, that's always nice to have a starting safety missing. Um, so is this where our tight ends come to play? Is this going to be in Joku and Harrison Bryant game? But dude, bet that bet that prop bet for sure, man. Lock, lock that. If in. we're worried about the corners, I mean, what's their linebacker core look like? And yeah, well, last week the seams apparently were wide open, uh, which is you know in Joku City. So hopefully we can get something else going with them this week. Or we just run all over them. Well, that too. Make a pick: Browns minus six and a half, Jets plus six and a half, or stay away. I said stay away last week, and I'm taking the Browns, and we won. I think, I think just offense is going to spend way too much time on the field for the Browns. I like the minus six and a half. I like the. I'll take the Browns as well. All right, minus six and a half, guys. If you're listening at home and you like to wager, wager responsibly. One eight hundred Gambler. If you have any issues with, what am I doing here? Anyways, uh, let's get into our beer review. Went to the liquor store. I loaded up with alcohol. More specifically, beer. More beer. More beer. 
I have nothing to lose. Andy, what did you get for us? Well, apparently I complain. <laughs> Here we go. And I complain a lot. Is that true, Brian? Ah, oh, another IPA. I hate IPAs. They taste all the same. I just hate those darn IPAs. T- Tail goes IPA so review. <laughs> bring another IPA today, or a hazy IPA. You know what I'm going to talk about being overrated is Johnny Juice. Whoa. I think I'm well, in. Well, Bull didn't make the batch Sunday, so. No, that, I'm in. that tasted like toilet water. Oof. Wow. It upsets my stomach it, every single time Bull makes it. It makes my stomach hurt so geez. bad. Then don't drink it. But I I'm, do hate Miller Lite, and I did drink a lot of those. <laughs> Say something positive. About- the Miller Lite was good. Okay. It was very good. About as good as all the shots Angelo did. We'll get to that in a little Whoa. bit. What beer are we drinking? I bought, well, it had like a octopus or a kraken or something on it. It's called Insane Wanderer. It's from Columbus Brewing Company. It's a hazy IPA. For the third one, it's not too bad. I see 7.4. Doesn't, doesn't seem like 7.4. It doesn't have like that any, you know, like that bite where you're like, man, this feels like a strong beer. But it's let me see. It's uh Volume 3 Hazy. Oh, volume three. You know what I don't like about IPAs is they always taste warm. Like no matter how cold you get them. Drink Sco- faster. Score it. it. It's I don't know. Whatever the ABV is, I'll, I'll give it that. 7.4. No, it's not bad. I mean, it's smooth. It doesn't, again, it doesn't feel very Have we ever enough. had an IPA on here where we're like, man, this is fantastic. Christmas sale. <laughs> Christmas sale, yeah. Let me see here. Uh, you've <laughs> almost inhaled yours. It is gone. I might need to get another one. But <laughs> there are no I'm more. Gonna, I'm going to give, oh, there aren't. <laughs> No, I had three of them. He hated them so much, he got three. Well, you you told me to be here at seven. We don't start till an hour later. You guys are talking about God knows what. You're coughing up a lung. Wow. Your, po- your lung is in the toilet. Let's talk about your rib. Oh, it hurts to cough. Okay. Is, the, is this hazy IPA making a rib? At you? Who broke your rib? His name's Chris. <laughs> Chris, if you're out there, thank you. He's a savage. Yeah. You think you can wrestle or grapple, or is it jujitsu? What happened? Yeah, it was during jujitsu. Um, but this was like a round with this. This guy is primarily an MMA fighter, so rounds are different with the with the MMA guys. And he got the best of me the first round. I got rear naked choke, triangle choked, uh, which caused a bloody nose. I had to sit out for a second to clean the blood. So I came back, and my, my ego, you know, they say check your ego at the door with jujitsu, and I do. But I was like, I got to run that back. So I'm like, Chris, you you want one more mistake? The rib, the rib is, I don't know. I don't think it's broken, right. but it's what are not you, good. Are you considered day-to-day, questionable? Oh, dude, weeks. I'm going to... Doubtful? Oh, doubtful. <laughs> yeah, I need some time. Next question. We're, go, we're going on this for a little bit. When is... Are you going to be competing anytime soon? You know what? I was going to compete October 15th, and this rib is putting that in jeopardy. So I, I competed back in August. What is the uniform? Well, I do gi and no gi, so there's... So there's two different. Yeah, right. I like, so, I like both. Do we we need to get you a custom made tail goats podcast Ooh, one? Now we're talking like a How, patch. Yeah, no, 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 not the patch. I'll do the damn goat on the whole back. Wow. So it's like Indian guides where you put patches. It on. might be better to do like a nogi. Like a lot of the graphics go on the nogi. Is this uh, something you're interested so. in? Very. Okay, maybe we'll uh, talk to Mark and I'll get someone there shooting footage and everything like that. We need wow. more content. We need a lot more content. I'll, I'll like go. It. I'll go broadcasting. Oof. I won't broadcast. know what I'm talking about, but 
No clue. Let's do it. We'll Score the it. beer. 7.4? 7.5. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll I'd do, have another one. I'll do 7.2. It's good. And the can art, we've talked about the can art. The can art's cool here. We're a sucker for can art. I don't know why, but, you know, here we are. All right. We talked earlier that there's a new segment. In- <laughs> Andy, I'm going to mute you. T- take a breath here. I'm muting both of you while I give this intro. Okay, you guys are muted. Listen. Very rarely does something come across my desk from one of the following. Andy, Mark, I'll throw Bull in there. I'll throw Nago in there. Jordan doesn't give any recommendations. Great podcaster, no recommendations. And and fans of the show. You guys... If if you've got segments you want us, to, I might have to take a break here. If you have segments you want us to do, feel free at Tailgoats on Twitter, at Tailgoats on Instagram, at Tailgoats on Facebook. The Discord is set up. Everybody that's literally the high the highest uh, involving and uh, engaging listeners are now in the Discord talking sports, gambling, fun stuff. I got to give credit where credit is due. And I'm not trying to act like Stephen A. Smith right now. We are literally minutes away from recording. And Andy comes up with a brand new segment. This new segment is called The Loser of the Week. Brought to you in part by Angelo Maliki. All right, this segment might completely bomb, but I'm very excited. <laughs> We're going to go over our biggest losers from this past weekend, and we've got a lot to talk about. Wait, who sponsored this segment? I'm sorry. Angelo Maliki. Oh, I don't get it. Well, what happened to Mr. Maliki at around the corner this weekend? I have no idea. He was having a great time. You were so full of it. <laughs> Quit defending yourself. Mr. Maliki, if you were listening... I'm just going to repeat stuff that you said. I don't have a mute button, Andy. You let everyone Antana, know. Antana, you're lost No, here. no, 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 no. There won't be any swearing. <laughs> okay, that sounded scary. You let everyone know what your annual salary was. Bring a W-2 to the bar and wave it around for everybody to listen to you. At one point, you stuck your tongue out <laughs> at a girl across the bar and then followed up with taking your middle finger and rubbing it down your tongue and <laughs> sticking that at her. Uh, you did 18 shots of water, which you believe to be tequila, <laughs> and chased them with a non-alcoholic O'Doul's. The picture you have of him holding that O'Doul's. Uh, you also posted that O'Doul's in the shot of water on your Snapchat story like it was a shot of tequila and a real beer. So is this segment just called Pile on Angelo, actually? Are we gonna well, this is why it? we're dedicating it to <laughs> oh, Angelo. And maybe he'll learn a lesson. He doesn't, I, listen, can I say something? Maybe I'll cut this segment when he learns that he doesn't have to mm-mm. act like this every Sunday. No, he does. He does. <laughs> let let Angelo live. I saw the uh, screenshots from your group chat. Oof. I'm calling everyone out. Dude, he, he, he's got some fists he want to throw. Oh, but no, 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 I want to hear this. He challenged... 
David Susi to an MMA fight. Oh, an alpha male MMA fight. Yes. The alpha belt. Do we get a tailgoats championship belt for Angelo? Was this a serious challenge or just? He was uh, inebriated and calling everybody losers. And he, oh. he told uh, so the, <laughs> he told Susie he thinks he's 25. At any rate. no sense. At any rate, we are dedicating the loser of the week now uh, to Angelo. Thank you for giving us this great honor in this segment on the podcast. We love you, Angelo. But you are the consensus loser of the week based on Sunday. Congrats to how far you made it in the night. I saw there were some texts at 3.40 in the morning. Some recording of actions with females. Don't know if it's true. Whatever. You know, congrats on your success throughout the night. Uh, Brian. Your sports, your sports. Jeez, after that intro. loser of the week. Uh, who do you got? All right. Well, I'm gonna. This one's a little sentimental to me, so it brought me back to the year 2007. Uh, this would be Texas A&M, number six ranked team, losing to Appalachian State. Uh, not in the same way that Michigan did, but you know, involving a field goal there at the end. So Appalachian State just winning with, and you know, leaving, leaving eight minutes for Texas A&M to answer, and they just had nothing to give back. So. Um, side note to this, if you have not seen the videos yet, hop on Twitter and search for the students meeting in the street. It was crazy. They were coming from both sides of the street and they just meet in the middle of the street. It was so cool jumping in the duck pond or something, but there's so many cool videos. So check that out. Huge upset. Another one for Appalachian state. And it's just, I kind of like seeing that. I liked it more when it was Michigan, but it was, uh, come on, Texas A&M top 10 team. Jimbo Fisher, throw him in there. Biggest loser. Gotta win that game. They're saying he's on the hot seat playing Miami this week. We will talk about but that in a little bit. College game day now going to F State this week because Good of the them. upset. Yeah, Good for them, and that brings a lot of money into the school. It gets them more notoriety, and those programs needed. F State played a great game, though. We watched. I want to say almost all that that entire game. They played a phenomenal game against Texas A and M on the road, as well. Will, do you got yours or no? I'm going last. You're going last? All right. I, I hope I don't steal yours. Mine's pretty easy. Oh, no. You didn't steal mine. We, you don't mind. Go for it. Notre Dame fighting Irish. Okay. Losing at home to Marshall, the Thundering Herd. They were 20 and a half point favorites to win at home. God. They lost 26 to 21. Uh, there was a garbage time touchdown at the end where Marshall knew they had the game one. And it was 26-15. Starting the season off 0-2. Sorry, Buckeye fans, that quality win is no longer a quality win. You won at home. You didn't cover against them. But Notre Dame is a big fraud. They shouldn't be ranked anymore after this. Uh, so they're my loser of the week. Good. Who? There was one more massive upset on the weekend. Do you guys remember off the top of your head who it was? A, a huge, huge, huge upset. Regardless, since you, you guys don't remember it, there was the if you did App State and you did Marshall plus this other upset at a hundred dollars, it paid off like it, the parlay paid off eighteen thousand dollars or something. Absolutely insane. Well, you almost had Texas upsetting Alabama, and then BYU went through and beat uh, Baylor. All right. Time for my loser? Are we Hit doing us. this? Are Hit we us. really doing this? Who you got? Oh, no. Are we really doing this? Oh, jeez. Safe travels, queen. Oh, William. Too soon. Died a few hours before Thursday night football. Roger Goodell, 
absolutely shitting a chicken. There was a moment of silence. There won't be one on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Roger. Unbelievable. Let's let's take a second here. Why, Why are people here in the United States like really glorifying her? A 14-day funeral, and, and, and people are putting in their stories and stuff and acting like they really cared about the queen. The body's going to start smelling bad. She just left Buckingham Palace for the last time. <laughs> it's gone. Okay. King Charles is like, all right, yep, yep, nope, go. 65 countries have claimed independence from them. Let's not act like they're like superheroes or anything like that. Poor Roger. Opening night football. Queen. Queen Croaks, 97 years old. King Charles III, he's in charge. Saw a fi- p- picture of his hands. Absolutely grotesque cigar fingers. Dude's not doing well either. <laughs> Might have another switcheroo here in a couple years. Who knows? Is that where they burn in the smoke to figure out who's next? No, that's the... That's the, that's <laughs> the I'm the, messing with you. That's the Pope. <laughs> I think they continue to throw Bibles into a fire and then they put, I've, I've gone too far. Jeez, who? It changes to white smoke when the Pope, they've chosen the Pope. They don't do, no, this is a lineage thing. Was that like food coloring? That's oh, awful. All right. Prime time. Let us know what you thought of loser of the week. <laughs> Where's our Dion Sanders? Yeah. We forgot about Dion last week. I know. Uh, Andy, we were very proud last year, 35 and 25. We don't uh, got to talk about last year anymore. It's this year. We want to go 60%. Our record is gone. We want to go 60%. Two and one. Quick recap. We took the bills. Uh, we were all over the bills. Easy. I thought it was, uh, I literally got to the bar and I said, guys, I I don't know why. I think the bills are going to win by two to three touchdowns. Very much right. Three touchdown win. Uh, Bull was on the Cowboys. Andy and I were on Tom Brady. I thought one of you guys were going to say the Cowboys the biggest losers of the week. Their season's over. Yeah, you could have used it, but you use it clean. And Who cares? You want to insult an entire nation. Mm, that's all right. Cowboys are flat. They're in trouble without Dak. I can't remember the backup quarterback either right now. It, it doesn't matter. But, it's over. Uh, Jimmy G. Does Jimmy G uh, now, talks? I did hear there were some talks. However, they're like, okay, well, what if he plays so good that when Dak comes back... Good problem to have. I, ho- I heard there was Kaepernick talks too. Those, yeah, I saw that today. I can't imagine he does that. I can't. I don't, imagine. See, I don't see it. I mean, Monday Night Football is a bit weird. Um, I'm really upset about this pick because I thought Broncos were going to win big as well. Uh, Russell Wilson comes back to Seattle. Oh, let's talk about this real quick. Seattle boos that Russell Wilson. I mean, Seattle was kind of a dog shit franchise. They made the playoffs the first time with uh, Russell Wilson going. Um, Seven and nine, they won the division at seven and nine, won a Super Bowl. Then you know the famous, famously losers to the the Patriots. They were a, a run away with Marshawn Lynch and went from two Super Bowls. Wasn't that the most fun team though? The seven and nine Seahawks. They got that home game yeah, in the they, playoffs against the Saints. Right. That was Marshawn Lynch. The whole, the whole my dick <laughs> yeah. game. Unbelievable. And uh, they were they were they were kind of like the America America's team. You wanted them to win just because. They entered the playoffs with a losing record, and they got that home game. Uh, Cooper Rush. Oh, this the, yes, he's he's now starting. Hey, he seven, does n- seven of thirteen. 
and he doesn't look like a quarterback whatsoever. Dude looks like an Andy Dalton Jr. That's my take. Um, I'm upset, though, Andy. Uh, the Broncos, obviously, in the loaded AFC uh, conference, or I'm sorry, I'm, I can't say AFC conference, a- the AFC. Uh, now, go. that's a big loss for them. And I know in an AFC that every game matters. It's not a conference game. It's not a conference game. However, yeah, you even had the coach coming out and just saying like, yep, that was the wrong call. I mean, you bring in Russell Wilson for this reason that when you have fourth and five late in the game that, you know, you have a quarterback that you trust to make a play and you have, you have weapons out there now. And it's just to see them kick that. I mean, even I was like, uh, wow, interesting. It's, it's not like they had some backup quarterback like we possibly have, you know, uh, or somebody that they're just stuck with, you know, like a bridge quarterback. They brought in Russell Wilson to be the guy. And then they say, Taking the ball out of your hands, we're gonna kick it. Was it sixty four? Yeah. How Carter. many games though like, this past weekend were coming down to that? You, we watched the end of the Steelers and Bengals. Nobody wanted to win. No, but there was multiple kicks that were missed at the end. Um, Tennessee loses via kick, or they won via kick. No, they lost to the Giants. Yeah, because uh, of missed field goal at the end. Why? Why do that on 60, <laughs> 65 yarder when you pay this man all this money? Quarter, mil, and, quarter and bill. They, and they ran all that time off before calling the timeout. Now, granted, they, they obviously had this decision made. They were trying to obviously run the clock down so they can kick that field goal. But, you know, you saw, I don't know if you guys saw the Manning cast where Peyton Manning called 64 timeouts. I, I saw that 60, video. I think it was 64, 60 something timeouts. Like, he's like, what are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? From 44 seconds down to 20. They, yeah. Well, I mean, at the, in the end, it made sense because they knew they were kicking, so they wanted to take time off. So. Right. Good, good job, I guess. On that. Right. <laughs> if that's your strategy, but I don't agree with it. Peyton didn't agree with it. We don't agree with it. Right. Um, I think Denver is just going to be a 500 team moving forward. <sighs> I mean, 500 is not going to do it in the AFC. No, no, no. That's all they're going to be in this division when they got to play Los L.A., Kansas City, and the Chargers. I, I can't overstate this enough. I, I tried to tell anybody that would listen to me how important of a win that was for us last weekend. I said it was almost a must win, and obviously it's not. It's one week. However, the math behind us winning week one was so important. Yeah, uh, we wanted to go. Our goal is sixty percent. That's literally expert level. Uh, it's not really sustainable in the world of gambling. We're at two and one. You go two and one every weekend. Uh, you you get there by a wide margin. However, this weekend we have not only one uh, Thursday night and one Sunday night football. We have a Monday staggered start. Uh, double header, and guys, we have four tough games. Uh, we going three and one this weekend is going to be very, very, very hard. Thursday night football, we're opening on Amazon Prime eight fifteen. L A Chargers are visiting Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by four. Nago, open us up with your pick. We got four games. Let's get through these. Yeah, a tough one. I think it is a pretty good line of being four. You got two high-powered offenses. They're going to score. You mentioned before the show you actually prefer the total on this. That's I not what so. we. That's not what we do. But yeah, so I came in here. I don't. You know, I'm. I'm a. That's fill, okay. Fill no, in no. here. So I was, I was kind of leaning like, hey, good line, good good team. So I was leaning the over. Um, but we're going to stick to just the spreads. So in that case, I'm going to have to roll with Mahomes because he's just too good and at home and just how he came out week one. Um, I always kind of thought of him as like somewhat of a slow starter. I talked to, with Andy about that at the at the uh, before the Browns game. Sure, he did, did not start slow the other day. Now he's going to come back home. Um, I am worried. Like I don't know if you heard the kicker Butker is out, and I think this could be a game where you know you might want your kicker late in the game, right? Where it could come down to like, okay, we're tied, and we are on the forty yard line, and we need that fifty, you know, fifty eight yarder. So that may come into play. Um, I'm not going to let that affect my pick too much, and I, I just can't bet against Mahomes at home. Sure. 
Andy, uh, do you want to take it? Or yeah, no. okay. Losing Keenan Allen, that's a big hit to them. Uh, I think all these wide receivers that Kansas City has now, like Juju, you're going to see them step up. Kelsey had a great game, eight receptions for 121. I mean, Mahomes threw 360 for five touchdowns. Take the over. <laughs> yeah, I wish that could be our pick. I like Kansas City minus four, though. I, I don't think it's going to be a close one. I I want to. I'm marking you down here. I really, really, really want to take the Chargers plus four. However, it, for what the reason you mentioned at the end is, I think it could be a uh, such a high scoring game, a field goal game at the end. The four points matters. Um, I have a bad history of betting against the Chiefs, and I don't want to be on that side. I I'm gonna side with you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chiefs minus four. I don't love it. I love the over. Big time much. What was it? You had 60? 54 and a half. 54, great. Yeah, I love that. Let's stick with that. We're going to move to Sunday Night Football. Chicago Bears, big week one winners as well. And they're visiting the Packers. That's 820 on NBC, Sunday Night Football. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has absolutely owned the Chicago Bears in his career. However, they came out and laid a stinker against the Minnesota Vikings in week one. 23-7 losers in Minnesota. Uh, I think that if you guys want me, do you want me to lead this one off or go for it? Yeah. uh, This is a lot of points. Um, And I do, I, I, I do like the, the a little, I don't want to piss Mark Marduli off so much, but I, I, I do like that the bears got that big win and I do like the direction they're going. However, uh, a a very pissed off Aaron Rodgers uh, going into week two, this could get very, very ugly, and he 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 has made it a point that he owns the he owns the uh, the Bears. This is this is in Green Bay prime time. I I don't want to just take favorites here, but I, I have this feeling it could be a blowout. Yeah, ten ten is a lot of points. You know, last year we saw the same thing out of Green Bay. They lost uh, what New Orleans thirty eight to three week one. It was the same thing, like. And Rodgers went through some offseason stuff. Uh, both these past two offseasons, they came back. I know they played the Lions. They ended up covering, beating them 35-17. to 17. I don't think the Vikings are that bad of a team. I think they're kind of flying under the radar because yeah. a, a lot of the attention is on. They're not one of those teams I think closed at like 8.5 or 9 wins. So. I think it was 8.5. But people are saying like, hey, the Lions are going to be this team. That's a surprise in our division. The Bears are there. What about the Vikings? I think the Vikings are s- sneaky good, okay. and they kind of proved that this week. Now, I don't think the Bears are that good. They played in a sloppy game against the uh, the uh, 49ers at home. There was so much rain in that game. I don't think Justin Fields is that good. It's going to be a revenge game for Aaron Rodgers. Ten is a lot, but don't don't think too much about it. I think sweat it out. Yeah, sweat it out. I think the the Packers at home in prime time just. Uh, Shut the Bears down. Yeah, it's another one that I don't love. Uh, you know, I, this we, weekend's tough. I know, we, and we we do stick. You know, we stick to the primetime picks, so it's we're forcing the games we're picking. We're not picking ones we like the best. <clears throat> I hate double digit uh, spreads in divisional games, especially a hard nosed. All the nerdy like gamblers this. out there on on Twitter are going to scream from the rooftops. Take Bears plus ten. Well, I have Bears highlighted here plus ten on my paper, and then uh, as I hear you guys talk, I'm like, "You're right, Rogers going to come out and just light it up and just do what he can." You do. don't, and you don't want to be on the wrong side of that, knowing like the emotional aspect of that. We don't want to be emotional gamblers. You want to 
bet with our our brains, not with our hearts. Well, my pick doesn't matter. You got you guys got Packers. I'm I'm gonna go on record with the Bears. I'm gonna take the ten. Um, I, I just think the Packers are still trying to sort things out. You know, missing or losing Devontae is a gig is you know, calling it a hole to fill is like does not do justice. So it's it's the, the offense went through Devontae, and I think it's taking a little more time to figure it out. So t- ten's a lot to cover. So moving on for Bears. All right, we got myself and Andy on the Packers minus ten, and Noggle's going to take the the Bears plus ten. Friendly reminder. The link to the Discord where we talk about these games and talk during the games is in the podcast bio, and it was fun this past weekend. Nagel says he doesn't think he's going to participate at all, but we're going to talk him into it a little bit. I never said that. You're just not a big group chat. Not a big group chat guy. Delete. Delete. That's delete. He got added to Andy the Snapchat like Trotes and Hose group, and like he deleted himself in five seconds. Too many threads. Everyone should delete. I'm going to challenge all listeners. Quit one of your threads. There's 35 you people in Troats. That's, well, that's another story. That, yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to Monday night. We have a doubleheader. Titans, they were they were all big on the Giants and laid a stinker. The Giants rallied from 13 down and beat the Titans. Titans are on the road at the Bills, and uh, Bills have heavy Super Bowl favorites. Guys, unfortunately, we're going from Sunday night 10-point spread to Monday night 10-point spread. And the nerds are going to be screaming from the rooftops again. Take Titans plus 10. I, Josh Allen it. looked pretty freaking good, man. You, you can't do it. The Bills are just, they're, they're that team that's just, you watch them, you're like, wow. I don't, just, I haven't identified anything that they're average at right now. No, they're they're unstoppable, and they they, they put points up. They they. They score, they score, they score, and the Titans cannot keep up with that. There's no way they'll keep up with that. Mentioned a few times the last five minutes, AFC is going to be very tough. This is a big AFC matchup. Not so much for the the Bills. The Bills are going to make the playoffs. The Titans are going to, do not want to start 0-2. Yeah, you're starting to see Josh Allen become an elite quarterback in the NFL if he's not already considered one. What he did to the Rams last week, there were some turnovers that you know, the, there were fumbles that kind of kept this game a little bit closer than it should have been. Um, but I took the Bills by a lot; they won by twenty-one. Now to see the Titans, who should be a AFC contender, lose at home to the Giants, who I know I've said Daniel Jones jokingly, but he's still with the same team that drafted him. Right. Baker's no longer there right. with us. But to see them lose to Daniel Jones and I know Saquon Barkley looked a little bit better. Uh, you can't lose that game at home. You can't afford to start go to go zero and two. But Bills are at home. It's their home opener. Uh, I know ten is scary again, but I'm going to stick to minus ten. Last year Buffalo is a double digit favorite. They were four one and two with two pushes, so they covered technically. Six and one as a double digit favorite. They were six, two, and two when they were favored by seven or more. So eight and two, essentially, you got your money back. So the, the, they supported you when you bet on them when they were a touchdown or more. I like that number still. Guys, uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna simply say I'm I'm sticking with the Bills. I don't. You guys give great explanations. Do you see? So far, the, these two 10-point games, will there be a half-a-point movement? 
I don't think so. I think they're going to sit there because it's so early in the season. Nobody's going to be betting anything crazy to go, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going. Even heavy, if there's uh, crazy, crazy, the nerds that bet, these whales that bet plus, the plus 10. It's not going to move it because nobody's going to look at plus 10 against the Bills or plus 10 against the, the Packers when everyone knows Aaron Rodgers has owned the Bears. Everyone knows the Bills are one that's top Super Bowl. Can, well, they are the Super Bowl favorite. Why are you going to bet it against them at home? Against a team that just got upset by the Giants. I agree with you guys. Final game of the evening. The Minnesota Vikings going to the Eagles. Minus two. Eagles favored at home. 830 ABC. Uh, Andy, let, I'll let you lead this one off. Because it, it sounds like you're, you're, you've talked about the Vikings here a little bit. Yeah, they go, you know, they're at home. They have the, you know, the sleeping Packers week one. To, for them to get two points, you know, going to Philly, Philly squeaked by the Detroit Lions team. We all know how good of a quarterback Jared Goff is, and he ain't a very good one. Right. Now, they do have some weapons, I guess. DeAndre Swift is a pretty good running Small back. Ones. Yep. Um, I still like Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins, I think, has fit in there. I mean, they were so bought into Kirk Cousins that they fired their head coach because he didn't like him. I like Vikings getting two on the road, a Monday night game. Um, I think their offense is just, it's out there. I think the Eagles defense is a bend and break here to where I think Vikings money line might even be my play. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles did let up a lot of points, so I understand what you're saying there, but um, you know, looking back, Jalen Hurts had zero passing touchdowns and they dropped 38 points still. So I think if you get Jalen going on an even better level, he had 243 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but, you know, obviously still put points up. So, you know, if he starts clicking a little bit better, they're at home. I think two and a half easily can be covered. So I'm putting it out for Eagles. Is it two and a half or two? I got two right now. ESPN has two and a half. Is that what you had? No. I got two on ESPN. Okay. All right. Even better. Give me Eagles minus two. <laughs> I got Noggle on the Eagles, Andy on the Vikings. What do you want to do, Will? This is scary because I we we started two and one and we have three tough games going into the end of Monday Night Football. Um, man, you bring up really good points, Brian, about the the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. If you get him going whatsoever, and I don't know, I I kind of like the. Oh man, it is a tough one. It's another one that I think it's a good line. I mean. I'm going to, I'm sorry, Nago. I think I'm going to side with Andy here. And I think this could be a very close game. I don't think the, once again, I don't think this line is going to move very much. Um, I, I, two points is not that much, but it could be the, it could be the difference. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings plus two. I don't know why I'm a little high on that. I'm out of here. Okay. <laughs> Sit back down. We're not done here. I mean, hopefully you're right. They go against us. They, Like you said, they did put up a bunch of yards, but they're playing the Lions. Did and, you watch Hard Knocks, man? Come on. Andy, run Jesus through your... Christ. Let's see your, your college, your week three preview here real quick. You said you had four games you want to run through. I didn't even make any picks really last week, so I didn't write down as many notes so That's we fine. can maybe make picks this just, week. Just tell, tell us what we're looking forward for. Well, so, so the goal is we got Thursday night football. Now we have Friday night college football. We don't have Maction yet on Tuesdays, which you can't wait for. You're getting so close to so much football. Yeah. 
<laughs> so we got Friday Night Football, and it's actually a good game. It's got Florida State going to Louisville. Ooh. Louisville? That's right. I say Louisville. Uh, Florida State coming 2-0, and Louisville 1-1. One it's Right now it's minus 2.5 in favor of Florida State. Weak offense on the Louisville side. Um, I just think Florida State's defense and Jordan Travis, as much as I hate getting credit, getting giving credit to a Florida State quarterback, I think he's looked good. He, I think he's looked very good. For him to be minus them to be minus two and a half on the road, I think that's a safe bet. At, you know, Florida State. One side note that I, I was looking into this game a little bit, and Florida State's on twelve days rest versus seven for Louisville. Yeah, and that, that matters, as you know, in the famous words of Jameis Winston, gives it more time to be prepared. That's right. It always helps an extra extra five days on your competition. To, you know, big fan of him. Uh, yeah, I'm on Florida State here, Andy, and I'll probably watch Friday night. I don't know why it's only two and a half though. Like I, I don't understand that after the performance they put up on the road. Or no, that was a neutral site game, LSU, right? But it, it might as well have been a home game for LSU, right? It was down there in Baton Rouge. What a choke job! Yeah. Uh, Saturday. So the really isn't many ranked games, but there's a good noon game versus Purdue or from Purdue at Syracuse. This was sitting even. Purdue's one and one, one and one against the spread. Syracuse two and zero, two and zero against the spread. So for it to be minus one for Syracuse at home, they got this dual threat quarterback. He's accounted for seventy percent of their offensive yards. Um, if they can slow down the air attack of Purdue, I think Syracuse is the play here. I just think Schrader at home, they're gonna have the momentum. They got that awful turf there. My pick's all Syracuse. Every time I take Syracuse, they lose, but I, I'm here with you, Andy. Good old Big Ten ACC matchup. I'm in. Home team in the shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout, too. That over-under is at 58.5, which was a little bit more tempting to take. than, But it's only a one-point spread. If it's even, if it closes that even... I love just taking one of the teams. Yeah, I, I had it even in my notes here. So, you know, I maybe moved to one now. You know, I've looked it, this earlier. So I was thinking even, you know, give me the home team and then even. So yesterday when I was looking at it, it was Purdue minus one. Really? So it's shifting towards Syracuse, I think. But if it's even, man, take Syracuse. I, I like that. The home team. Uh, that's ESPN2. Uh, 3.30, Fox, BYU going on the road. Visit the Ducks. Uh, number twelve BYU. They're two and zero again. Two and zero against the spread. The Ducks are one and one and one and one against the number. Right now it is minus three and a half in favor of the Ducks. Public's all over it, by the way. We got BYU coming off that emotional double overtime win. So a lot, you know, sometimes people call it a letdown game or something where you come off like a big crazy game like that. And I played in games like quadruple overtime, and it, it you know, it it is it does it affects you. It's crazy coming off games like that. So I could see that playing into it and. Yeah, but you, know. you got to remember, Bo Nix is the quarterback. the The failure at Auburn. Yeah, you don't know who Bo Nix is. Oh, do you? but yeah, yeah, Bo Nix, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Bo, Bo, Nicks, Bo he's the quarterback for the Ducks. He's terrible. I'm not taking Oregon. I think they've looked terrible. I I love BYU getting. You know, the, they're the higher rank. They're coming off that upset. Yeah, but they beat a very good Baylor team at home. I think they take that momentum on the road. Take the points with BYU. Dude, Bo Nix sucks. Take BYU. <laughs> I forgot they had Bo Nix, man. Continue, Andy. He's bad. <laughs> more so like, more like, worse. More like Bo Dix. Come on. Oh, Sorry. Come on. Okay. So my last game, Quintana, it wasn't a swear Jeez. word. My last game would have been much better had they not choked against App State. 
my Hurricanes going on the road to Texas A&M. A&M is 0-2 against the number. Miami's 1-1. I really don't know which way to go with this game. Miami's getting 5.5. Over-under is only at 44.5. I don't think Texas A&M is a very good team. Jimbo Fisher on the hot seat. I think it's going to come down to how effective can Miami run the ball. Their offense is running the ball for almost 5.5 yards per carry. Texas A&M's rush defense is god-awful. Their quarterback is god-awful. Haynes King is not good at all. And they got this guy running the ball named Henry Parrish. I'm a Hurricanes fan. I don't even know where the hell he came from. Every time I'm on Miami's side, Andy, they lose. So I'm not touching this game. I don't want to do that to you. Sorry, Mark. Not doing it. I mean, maybe I ought to take Texas A&M and then Miami burns me. Give me A&M coming off the brutal loss to Appalachian State with your Aaron Rodgers logic coming off that heartbreak and just being pissed off. And I don't know who their quarterback is, but it's not Bo Nix. <laughs> it is uh, Haynes King. And Haynes he King. looked, App State had him looking lost. Oh, I'm he, sure. He, he couldn't do much. Give he me sucks. Miami's quarterback, though. Tyler Van Dyke, he's a Heisman front runner right now. They're saying he's going to be a top quarterback in the draft. I think this is his first challenge on the road. I think he goes out there and not only covers, but he wins the game. Money line, you heard it here first. <laughs> Hurricanes money line. Van Dyke. Is that your college wrap up or preview? That's it. Guys, real quick, uh, UFC 279 was Nate Diaz, Hamzat Shemaev. Hamzat shows up eight pounds over. Garbage. And uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Dana White shuffles the whole last uh, three fights of the card. Uh, Has that ever happened before? No, but no, the the best crazy. part the best part about it is is that it really uh, sparked the interest in fans. Uh, fans were already interested enough any Nate Diaz fight. The weigh-in streams broke every UFC record. It was the most watched stream ever in UFC history. Turns out Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson, the fight that we didn't know we needed at welterweight. Uh, Hamzat Shavayev at absolutely just obliterated Kevin Holland, eight pounds overweight. He's turned into the biggest heel in UFC, and he's, he's he's um you know, obviously that's who he is now, and he's he's loving it. And Ling, Ali Ajin Lang and D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez, obviously uh, I was on Lee and Aleach, and um, I thought he had won the fight. Stolen from him, he wore a, a uh, beater that said robbed on it in the interview the next day. D-Rod didn't really show me anything. Hamzat Shemaev showed me that he is the next up-and-coming welterweight if he can make weight. Is he though? So he he's had five fights in the UFC, right? Right. One, he misses weight. Right. One, he holds on to the towel for. Right. To where they hit to put a right. roll in. And, and, and like, another one he struggled for. And there's a lot of guys at middleweight that are just licking their lips, waiting to, to, to really get their weight on him. Um, Kevin Holland, I don't know if you guys caught this. Kevin Holland, at the beginning of the fight, Nago, you said you did see the last two fights, right? Yeah, that's all I caught. Kevin Holland and Hamza Shafayev at, at the presser, got the presser canceled because of a backstage fight right before they were to go out. Uh, Kevin Holland, obviously a big trash talker, went out to touch gloves, and uh, Hamza ducked the the glove and shot in on a takedown. Um, there's two trains of thought there. You protect yourself at all times. However, 
it's, a, it's still a sign of respect at the beginning of the fight. If you do go to touch, if you do go to touch gloves, you either do it or don't. The, the shoot, the minute shot in was kind of bush league in my opinion. But I disagree. If you want to touch gloves, touch gloves now. Come out. You, the, the, the fake glove touch. That's another story. We have seen that before. The fake glove right. touch to the shooter to the right. to throwing a kick. That absolutely horrendous. But you didn't. A lot. I, most fights don't even. They, a lot of them don't even touch hands before the fight. So if you put right. your hand out, it's at your own risk and. Hamzat had a game plan, and that you saw that game plan unfold quickly. And um, you know, one thing about those final two fights, you know, I got I get all excited because I get excited about the jujitsu. Yeah, and uh, it was a great display of jujitsu yeah. with uh, a Darce and a guillotine, and just I love seeing that that stuff. You know, a lot of a lot of fans sometimes get bored with it, but it's just that's top notch stuff, right no, there. No, it's beautiful. Even the the one arm guillotine, one arm guillotine is so hard to hit. And I at first I was actually kind of disappointed, like how did that work on Ferguson until I saw like the replay and he got his arm all the way through like under his chin, and it was like. It was the sickest one arm guillotine. The, the guys he, that he grabbed can, his glove for a second, but it was virtually a one arm guillotine. The guys that can take their time in transition, it's it, it's gorgeous. Well, that Darius was like manipulated and adjusted, and very technical. Um, actually, I, I would do. I want to mention this little shout out to uh, Hunter Gracie. He does a Gracie breakdown. He he actually really broke down that Darius really nice. Well, so then how do you how do you how exactly do you do it? <laughs> no, seriously, I'm not. I'm asking you. Well. It, Oh my god, it's very hard to describe any submission because there's there's so many things you have to worry about. It's not just about what you do to do the submission; it's what they do, how they defend. Uh, there's different, so many different ways to finish a Dars. Uh, apparently, this one started with like the arm behind his neck a little bit more, which is more of a neck crank. He did adjust it to get the actual blood Cause, choke on. Because Tony shot in, correct? Well, I was talking about the Dars at, at, the, at the end there, but yeah, t- Tony shot in. And just, correct. Oh, guillotines That's... are pretty straightforward. You just okay. Loop them up, <laughs> shoot it deep. It is good to connect the hands there like he did do, but um, I think he did get, get, take the one arm off and flex and a little showboating. But, um, yeah, it's it's very difficult to discuss, um, like, g- generally how to do submissions because there is so much to it from both sides. And um, the guillotine is a little more straightforward. That Darius was much, I would say, much more technical because of the adjustments he made if you want to go back and rewatch it. Again, Hunter Gracie does an incredible breakdown of that. For anyone who wants to learn more about the ground game or uh, grappling or submissions, he, he does this for a lot of the the high-end submissions and um, breakdowns of, like, street fights and stuff. It's pretty cool if you want to check it out. Everybody expected this fight to be an absolute bloodbath, and it's kind of funny. Nate Diaz, with the scar tissue, usually comes out with something cut open. He left this fight unscathed. What is is there a future with that being his last uh, fight in the, uh, on his UFC contract? Is, is there a future for him there? Before the fight, there was some mutual respect between him and, and Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor said, you know, props to to Nate. The trilogy should happen. And Nate said, yeah, I agree. I, I think the trilogy should happen. Is it a fight that it'll sell all the pay-per-views? It'll, it'll I, it Conor hasn't won forever. It will be the number one selling pay-per-view of all time if if it does indeed happen. I think it it'll sh- happen, but it, it shouldn't at this point. I think Conor, Conor just rides who's high. Like, people... Everyone wanted to see Nate Diaz fight Tony Ferguson after Hasbot missed weight. That's what it came down to. So everyone became Team Nate Diaz. Like, yeah, beat Tony Ferguson, go out on top, and then what's Connor do? Anytime someone wins a fight, he opens his mouth and goes, yeah, give me him, give me him. Uh, I'll come out. And the, and the last couple of times he's done that, he's bit off a little bit more than he can chew. Dustin Poirier he beat his ass twice. Yeah, we'll see. I mean... I know you're a Connor fan. Oh, I mean... Yeah, I'd like Connor. I mean, it's, obviously, it's been kind of on the decline rapidly, uh, somewhat unexpectedly, I would say. If, if you 
would have guessed how it would have unfolded. But uh, but anyway, I mean, Diaz definitely said he's not done in the UFC. He doesn't see himself being done. So I could definitely see that happening at some point. And I would definitely watch and buy it for sure. And you guys want to add in UFC? I mean, this weekend's card's pretty good, but we've gone pretty long. I mean, Corey Sandhagen against uh, Sung Yadong. Should look, be forward, good. look forward to October. I mean, UFC 280 is just absolutely loaded. I, I definitely would like to get back at some point. We'll talk about that card because that card, I think, is the best card of all time, and it's going to be epic. So I'm just looking so forward to that. I honestly haven't even thought much about anything between then. So. Yeah, Sean O'Malley is a plus 310 right now. Sugar Sean Let's and go. P- Peter Yan. Pieter. Oh, yeah. Peter. I and mean, you're all over that. Oh, yeah. Caitlin Chikagian's on it. I mean, there's some there's some good names on this card. Probably one of the best ones they put together. I think it's the best card of all time. Where is it at? Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. So it's going to be, I think, 2 o'clock main card. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, prelims are at 10 a.m. Chiller Noggle's house. Be there. How are we going to see it outside? I know. We're not going to. I got the 75. (laughs) We'll get it it rocking. Why don't we watch it in here? Uh, There's no TVs. Uh, Oh, damn. October 22nd, and there won't be TVs still. Yeah, plus 380, no TV down here. (laughs) Wait, is that... yeah? No TV is plus three eighty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mount it on the wall. Yeah, don't don't take don't take TVs on the wall, <laughs> guys. Your guardians tribe winners eight of nine seventy six in sixty five magic number seventeen Chicago White Sox four games behind Twins five and a half games behind. Not, I'm going to add a little quote here. Elvis Andrews coming to town for one game tomorrow one ten before we play the Minnesota Twins five. Five times in a row, which is, I, I don't know the last time that's ever happened. Before going to Chicago for three games, that's, uh, what do we got? Eight, nine, the next nine games are versus Chicago in Minnesota. However, Elvis Andrews said about coming to town tomorrow, they've been playing perfect until now. If we keep winning series, we know that sooner or later they're going to crumble. The closer we get to tomorrow's going, or the closer we get, tomorrow's going to be a really good game for us to go out and put out a statement Terry Franco, Terry Franco is the best coach in, in our division. Twins have completely withered away. They're, now that with them being five and a half games back, they they got to come in and sweep us to make up ground, I, I, and with all honesty. Um, four, four of the next nine games against Chicago, you have an opportunity to put the division away. Yeah, I feel pretty good. I mean, all things considered, I feel pretty good. I just I have to ask a question. Are we heating up too early? Uh, I thought about that today. I want to peek in like two weeks, but exactly. you, you kind of got to peek. I mean, we'll take a peek. I love a peek, you know, but uh, <laughs> those valleys are dark. But just a thought, I mean, you definitely want to heat up the end of September. So I, I love everything that's going on. I mean, the stats across the past like eight or nine games is like insane. And between uh, the pitching and hitting and just everything, it's just been crazy. So I just hope we just keep riding the wave. Andy, anything on the Guardians or do I hand this over to Mr. Winston? I got nothing on him. All right, Jameis, you've been talking about body parts and human anatomy and everything else, but we're going to run with your favorite quote to end this out. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared.